Hey, Download Listener Supervising Producer Andrew Curlin here. Are supply chain issues still disrupting operations? Well, let me tell you, Graybar has you covered. They are the leader in distribution of electrical, communications, data networking, and industrial products. Professionals across the country rely on Graybar's nationwide logistics network to get them what they need, when and where they need it, and within budget. That's right, and they're operating with one clear mission, to serve as the vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. Let me tell you, here's what makes them different, is you know being able to effectively navigate supply chains to get products on site and on time is so crucial these days, and Graybar's nationwide logistics network is a game changer in keeping projects on task. So when you need a hand powering, connecting, or maintaining your operations, join thousands of professionals who rely on Graybar to help keep them up and running. Check out Graybar. Visit graybar.com to start an order today. is a production of Dirty Mo Media. There he is. Come on in here, buddy. Have a seat. Hey, everybody. Glad you tuned in. It's time for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. Mike Davis, Dale and Hart Jr. the Bojangle Studio. We've got a great guest today. Well, how, how you doing, Red? I'm doing fine right now. This They're is every like, week, okay, bud? <laughs> Buckle in. Yeah. <laughs> you died on that hill. You, yeah. Your career died on that hill, and you were hard-headed. You were the bigger idiot. I didn't even think about it. No. You thought about it and didn't ask. That it. makes me the bigger idiot. I think so. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. back again. Another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. If you listened to yesterday's show, we let you know that Ricky Stenhouse would be our guest today, Mike, and I'm excited to get him into the Bojangle studio. Ricky won the Daytona 500 earlier this year, but his path to get there has been a unique one. Dude, it's like a meteoric rise, that guy. You know, goes off and wins a couple of Xfinity championships, and I think he was set up to be the golden child in the, the future of Roush Racing. But as they often do, careers take a turn, uh, go a different course than what you expect. And so I, I am very compelled by Ricky's path, um, and, and I've been eager to have him on the show, and I know you have too. We had him at the uh, Daytona experience a couple years ago when he won the poll for the Daytona 500. We got to talk to him a little bit then, but we've never really had him in a sit-down, long-form setting like this. So. Well, he's a, you know, he's a guy that I've been friends with pretty much um, – all our, you know, all the time we've been in the sport together, at least at the Xfinity and Cup level, um, Ricky's just been a guy that, you know, always been friendly, easy to talk to. I've never had any problems with him on the racetrack and uh, any disagreements that I can remember. And uh, so he's been an ally for a long time. We want to thank Ally for offering uh, uh, to support our guest segment each and every week. Uh, they are responsible for us having this show on Wednesday and be able to bring such great guests into the show. And we want to thank Ally for everything they do, not only for us here at Dernimo Media, but everything in NASCAR. They are a massive supporter of this industry, and it's partners like that that keep the sport moving in the right direction. So thank you, Ally, and let's get Ricky in the studio and get started.
Thanks for coming yes. today. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. I've watched a lot of these. Have you? Yeah. See, that's interesting to me, man, because um, I, I like y'all. Y'all have a lot of good things to say, so I like. <laughs> well. Maybe some, not good things, some, but interesting. A lot of people don't think our yeah. A lot of people don't love our opinion. I'm trying to think if we've said anything about Ricky. Have we, have we said anything that Ricky, never? Have we ever done anything that pissed you off? No, no. no. I, it takes thank, a lot to I'm, really make me mad. So. It does. I was just talking about that. I was like, I've never had any problems with him on the racetrack that I can remember. No disagreements of any kind. Yeah. Um, there was one time I thought you had a disagreement, but I think you ooh. were just pumped up and I, we were drafting somewhere, and I thought you were mad at me, but I think you were just like. I know we were running up the outside somewhere or something. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Let's slow down here. Well, what did he do that made you think he was mad at you? Well, because like he was pretty animated in the car when I looked over to the right, but what know, was he doing? He was just like, <laughs> but like, I, like head I, banging? Yeah. But <laughs> maybe just a good song. Yeah. <laughs> I get cheer. Okay. Throwing a tantrum probably. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. He, nah. wasn't, he wasn't pointing at me, so I was like, all right, I think we're good. <laughs> You're good. You're one of the guys that you would always always have to, um, you know, race with up there at the front of those races. Luckily, yeah. So Luckily. it's like a, I um we won't talk about that as we get into the show, man. But um I wanted to. So you, I see this hat you got on Slide Job Ranch, right? Oh yeah. What is Slide Job Ranch? Uh, that's my property. I mean, it's like your dirty mo acres. That's right. right. Like, oh. So, you know, growing up in Mississippi, like I always my dad wanted to have like a piece of land and like a shop and you know live in the shop and uh we never got that but uh when I moved here uh, I was living with Brian Clawson at the time I was like you know eventually I don't want to live on the lake I want I want a piece of property and uh finally came across that in 2014 Mm -hmm. um I bought my piece of property and I've since added to it so um yeah we love living out in the middle of nowhere. What kind yep. of fun things you got on the property? I mean, he's got a western town. I'm not expecting. I don't you have to a western town. Um, I so when I got it, it was set up as a an equestrian facility. So Ernie Irvin actually built the house. What? Yeah, it's his original property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm sure I heard he had some pretty good parties over there. I never went. You never went? No, but Dang. I'm sure he did. Yeah. <laughs> But he, I've got some yeah. crew guys that used to work for him that said that they had been over there back in the day. Yeah, I remember back in um, that is a beautiful piece of property, and Ernie did an amazing job with it. And I remember flying over that a lot when we were going to, uh, to Dar- Darlington or somewhere. Oh, yeah. So, um, I, but I didn't know that was actually, I didn't, I'm learning that for the first time. So, that that's my, your... my grandma, my dad's actually from Huntersville, yeah. and my grandma, she was in like, she did like, she was a seamstress, so she did like draperies and stuff like that, and I remember, obviously, I was been in racing my whole life, and I remember her showing us pictures of Ernie Irvin's house. Yeah. She did the draperies in it. Well, it burnt down, mm-hmm. and then she didn't do any draperies after that. But. He built the dirt track on there somewhere. It's not there. No, it ain't there oh, anymore. I, I wish think. it was. Because if but it I think was, he, you'd know it. Yeah, yeah. I think he had like a, it was some, at one point he had like a little dirt track carved into the, behind the house or down in the woods somewhere. I bet I know where it was. I got a pit bike track there now. Dude, <laughs> dude you got a lost speedway on your property and you didn't even know it. Didn't even yeah. know it. I think there's some cars in the pond, they said, but I don't. What? I don't know. Yeah. Dude, I get the scuba gear out and let's yeah, go find those things. I don't things. know if they're still there or. Certain, certainly worth looking into. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Sunken cars. I know a couple of magnet fishers that can go over there uh, <laughs> we'll for a nominal fee. There's and something go... metal down here. <laughs> yeah. 
Have you ever done that? No. Magnet fishing? Have no. you seen it on YouTube or anything? Mm-mm. So these people are buying these really powerful magnets and just dropping them off into the lake. So if you go to Cocktail Cove or somewhere where yeah. people hang out and they lose their phones and shit, and you can just you just literally it's a magnet about this big around and you just sit there and just kinda It's not a bad idea. We did it. We did it. Did you find anything? Uh, yeah, we, we found, found an anchor. An anchor a bunch of beer bunch of damn caps. beer bottle caps. Nothing, Dang, yeah. just throw those in the trash. I know. Yeah. Nothing like a phone or anything yeah, really nothing cool. Nothing good. No, I found Dang. the I found a uh, broom pole. Yeah, you did. Yep. You, you did find one of those. We were hoping for like a gun or something, you know, down in the bottom. We thought of it, it yeah, nails, so many nails. Yeah. But then we didn't really have the um the attention span to go out into Lake Norman and really give it a good yeah. effort. A good go. Yeah. Hour, so. On on you on YouTube, man, they're finding all I'll kinds have to of check cool that out. Yeah. yeah, they'll make you. If you watch a YouTube video of it, you'll buy you'll buy a magnet, a magnet, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and fish my pond. You probably will. So, um, is gonna be if Ernie Irvin was there, there's yeah. some stuff down there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure Ernie put a car in that pond. Yeah, no, he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. So, um, are so you're you have a house on the market. Is, which house is that? It's actually off the market right now. You took now. it off the market just for a second. We we updated some things. Uh, but yes, it, it will go back on the market really pretty soon. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you are selling. You were selling your house, and but you're keeping part of the property. You're not. Yeah. So whoever, not selling everything. Yeah. So whoever buys your house is going to be your neighbor. Potentially. Sorta. Of? Are you? Potentially. I'm not. You don't know what you're. I don't know do? yet. Because the other property is just it's just land. Land. I know. There's nothing you on don't, it. But what? What? Where else? Where would you move? Well, you know, I don't know. Where you do sure? know. You, you do. know. I can tell. What, what, what is your plan? Well, tell yeah. us all about your plans. <laughs> Our Where you're going to live? Plan. What your phone number is going to be? Tell us all. Are yeah. you going <laughs> to? Would you? Would you move out of? Would you move away from this area? No, I love Mooresville. All right, Mooresville's great. Would you just think, man? You know, do I need? Do I need more property? Less property? Right now, it's definitely a lot to take care of. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> a lot to take yeah. care of. Um, I've got. Uh, my dad wants to take care of some property at some point, but he's not here yet. So where is he? He's in Mississippi still. But you're moving him here. They will move. My mom will probably retire in like a year. Okay. What's she's she a do? nurse. She's oh. been a nurse for thirty nine years. And that's what keeps them there. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And so as soon as she can retire, you're gonna have. She's been saying she's gonna retire for years and years. Yeah. Um, but they're they are they are closer to being here than ever. Yes. Yeah. That's a great thing, man. My mom and her husband, Willie, lived in Virginia. He was a fireman. When he retired, they moved down here. Gotcha. And um, holy moly, does it change things for the better. Yeah. Right? You get those home-cooked meals, and the the the, the holidays are more full of, yeah. you know, people, that, you know, being a They've been traveling here, uh, and my wife, Madison, her family comes down from Ohio, uh, and we've been doing Thanksgiving, Christmases yeah. already here, and it's definitely enjoyable to to have family around so um yeah we're we're looking forward to getting all of our family here right Mm -hmm. so on the current property i think is where your workout yeah room is right now this is something this dude's serious is that right oh yeah so have you always been like did were you always that into uh like working out, working out uh, so damn hard. Like y'all, are yes sick. and no. Y'all are I, crazy I, about it. I kind of go, I kind of do this. Oh, it kind of you like, go in and out. When I was in high school, uh, I was I 
I started racing sprint cars when I was 15. And so when I was in high school, my dad was like, hey, you need to, you know, take it serious. So I would go to the gym in the mornings before high school. I would shower at the gym and I would go to school and then I would come home and straight work on race cars. That way, when I left school, I didn't have to, you know, work out afterwards. Yeah. And then, you know, miss time working on the race car. you to get. Yeah. So I did that. And that's probably where I started. And then I played sports growing up. So I played what football, sports? basketball, baseball, really? golf. Uh, so I played all sports. Wait, you played all these sports in in high school? Like uh, you were a high no, school athlete? Or? Uh, till my freshman year. Yeah. What was your best sport? I was average at all of them. What did you pl- at, what position did you play in football? Uh, I was backup quarterback. I uh, couldn't see over the line to, <laughs> to really, you know, see what was going on. Yeah. But I was back up and I knew the place. And then um, I played cornerback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they didn't throw a ton middle yeah. schoolish yeah. error. So, um, and then when I played baseball, I pitched first and catcher. Nice. Yeah. Are you left-handed? I am left-handed. Okay, because I mean I am too, and so pitcher and, and first base is where they yeah. usually put the left-handers. Yeah, for sure. Uh, weird catcher, but yeah, that is uh, weird. But there was a kid that moved from California, and nobody wanted to catch him. He threw pretty hard, so I was like, "Well, I guess I will." <laughs> so you'll do it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then basketball, defense, defense, yeah. solid defense. All right, so um, you love this area. There's a likelihood that you build on this piece of property you keep yeah. or you may end up moving or finding another piece of property but you're kind of up in there i'll come move by you yeah yada Some yeah out there. boy slide job ranch meets dirty mo acres what do i do with that <laughs> piece of information wow yeah. it's quiet out what, there the redneckiest yeah. patch of land i've ever heard of <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right so um you recently got married yes in uh october 26th how, how'd that Congrats. change how's that change your life it's been great it's been awesome. Madison, she she grew up, you know, her dad raced sprint cars back in the day. Did you know her? I did not. Uh, I actually hired her brother to work on my sprint car team uh, through recommendations from uh, our driver, Sheldon, and some other crew guys on our team. They were like, hey, I think this kid, he's been working on sprint cars his whole life. He's super organized, you know. OCD and just a great mechanic. Were they right? And they were, you know, 100% <laughs> right. And uh, so I hired him, and it was going into the 2020 season. I talked to him on the phone uh, in the off season, and, and got him hired. And then Vegas. So we went Daytona, Vegas, or was it Daytona, Fontana? Daytona, Fontana, then Vegas, and then down to Phoenix. And then, so when we were in Vegas, my crew, some of my crew guys were there, and they were like, I was parked next to, she was working in marketing at RCR at the time, and I was parked next to, I think, the eight car, and one of our crew guys that worked on the team, he's like, Ricky, do you want to meet Nicholas's sister? This is Madison. And I was like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. And then um, I think I, we started talking probably after like Phoenix or something. And then, you know, just here and there, and then COVID happened, and mm-hmm. then we talked a lot, and then we hung out a lot because there wasn't, I mean, we, there was nothing to do. Mm-hmm. So we rode four-wheelers and camped out and, you know, did whatever over at the ranch. So 
uh, we got to hang out a lot, and we were like, "All right, this is it." Nicholas yeah. blessed this all uh, uh, right at the beginning, or was he uh, had a little That's bit of a That's a great problem? question. He probably had a little, re- little <laughs> reserve. It seems like there might have been a bit of a code broken, right? I mean, like yeah. you know, <laughs> he doesn't work for me anymore. Crew Whoa, he doesn't. He quit. Where'd he go? He's a he loves trucking. He so he that's why he liked racing sprint cars too because he could drive the truck. His uh, their dad was um, had a little trucking company and so he went. So he's always been into trucks his whole life, and so he loved working on race cars and loved driving the truck. And now he just makes more money driving the truck. <laughs> Damn. All right. Well, um, he goes cross country. Yeah. Yeah. But so, what was the one thing that changed uh, about? You know, what was the one thing I guess surprised you the most about become being married? I mean, so for me, it was the rules about the toilet seat. Um, you know, it's little things like that. Like when we first start, when we first got together, she's like, "Hey, man, you know, could you put the toilet seat down?" Yeah. For me, I'm like, "Yeah, okay, I'll learn to do that," and I learned to do that. And then when we got married, it was like, "Could you put the lid down?" <laughs> I'm like, "Wait, why didn't you just make the lid the first rule?" Uh, we could have handled all this all at yeah. once, but it was like having to learn two sets of rules. So Madison's super like clean, mm-hmm. which is great and organized. And um, so she doesn't like like no shoes in the house. No shoes in the house. And I've always worn <laughs> shoes in yeah. the house. I like when I I don't like I don't want to carry my shoes to my closet. Yeah, you know I want to just wear them back there. I'll stop before I get to the carpet and take them off, and then. But yeah, she's. They're not piling up at the door. Definitely not. That's what I would have done. I'd have been like, okay, I won't wear them. I'll take them off at the door. Right at the door. Just... Then I would be. Then I'd just be. I'd be wearing shoes out of the house and piling them up at the door as I come back in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But no, everything's everything's been great. Yeah. She um, she definitely makes my life easier. Yeah. Which is a huge benefit. Yeah. Does she travel? She does. Okay. She does. Um, she. She has FOMO, so like she talks, she thinks she wants to stay at home, and then like when it comes down to it, she's like, "I'm not, I, I'm not missing out. I'm, I'm going. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Right, right, right. Because, uh, man, those moments, you, you just, uh, especially right now in your career, and you're, you, you know, you win in the Daytona 500. I mean, these are moments that you just never get to relive, right? It's, it's yeah. Uh, you hope to win them again, but I'm saying is that every, everyone is special, right? Everyone is definitely special. You know, I think. Back in the Xfinity series, Nationwide series at the time, it was like, all right, you know, if we don't win this week, we'll probably get it next week, or yeah. you know, we'll have a really good shot at it. And then it was like, you get to Cup, and it's like, whoo, those times are few and far between. So, yeah. I'm de- I definitely cherished that 500 win more than probably any other win in my career. And obviously, it was the Daytona 500, but I think, I mean, I look at another race that I win, I will probably cherish it just as much. Sure, yeah. sure. I, That's one of the things that I think a lot of drivers uh, disappoint me uh, is how how they celebrate a win, you know. And um, I think I, maybe, maybe I got better at it, uh, appreciating it, you know, later in my career, and we started che- celebrating them harder every, you yeah. know. Uh, because you really start to realize, like, damn, this is hard to do. Yeah. You don't know that you'll... We haven't really celebrated as a team yet just because I've been gone. I literally really? got on a plane this morning to get back here Yeah, to do this, straight yeah. to the competition meeting, and then uh, then here. So we haven't really had an opportunity. So we've been talking about that, what we're going to do. Right. But uh, I don't know. Maybe well, a schedule's big, Maybe a big bonfire at the ranch and just, you, not, you know. You have that West Coast swing, but I'm sure... 
the moments that you did have between Daytona and the West Coast Swing, they had your ass traveling all over doing media. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't home at all, yeah. which was great. Yeah. I mean, I was like, hey, I, I'm running on two and a half, three hours of sleep every night. Yeah. Like, feeling could never have felt better. Yeah. Well, had you not had to do that and be responsible, what would you have done to celebrate that Daytona 500? What, uh, in the perfect Ricky world. We would have gone, probably just gone, if we would have had to stay Monday, you know, you got to stay Monday, Daytona, so you get, you're going to be Would there. have flown home Monday and had everybody at the house mm-hmm. and, you know, whether it be a massive bonfire all night. And, and what are you drinking? Phone in Duggar to, you know, D- D- going to have a concert. Yeah, something, yeah. right? Perfect. Like, you know, buddy, I got plenty of buddies around here that, that play as well. And So uh, what are you drinking? What's your drink? Mm. Probably just, uh, man, I tell you what, we had some, uh, <laughs> at, uh, after the race, um, we had some Sugarlands, which, yeah. which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if I would do that all night. No, I'd yeah. probably, to... I'd probably switch over to your vodka yeah. before, <laughs> before, for too long. So I'm, I'm a vodka guy. Are you? Yeah. I gotta get you a case. Yeah. Yeah. I've already got some. Well, I'll get you some more. Get some all more, right, man. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I appreciate it. So, um, what happened? Does the you know in the years past they would put the car that wins in the Daytona USA display, but now with the next gen, did your car go? It's there. It's there. Oh. We had to buy everything else. They you lo- know, normally you just build everything right. else yourself, right? Yeah. And no, we that's tough because parts, yeah. the whole parts, car. parts, parts, parts. Yeah, and it's, and it's like, a winning car. Like I don't want to give away my good yeah. winning car. So it, no, it's there. Yeah. I mean. You know, like, How long like you know, seats and everything. Till the till next year. Yeah, till next year. Son of a bitch. Yeah, so uh, it was, yeah, it's not profitable for the team no. that much to win. Yeah. That is something. That is a great I'm, point. I'm, yeah. I'm I mean, my head around this. I felt I bad. I felt bad. Yeah. My guys were like, yeah, we got to order another car. I'm like. Especially, I guess your team wasn't immune to all the other uh, supply problems the teams were experiencing during the offseason, right? I mean, like, did you guys... This offseason, I think, was better than most, oh, except for when they were redoing, you know, rear clips and That's stuff. Right. And it was like... Yeah. Like, the parts and pieces, I think, were all kind of pretty good on, you know, the A-arms. and You know, you th- think about suspension pieces and stuff like that that we were waiting on, you know, last offseason was not the big issue. It was more like rear clips. The and, whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Clip. If you're a diecast fan like me, you know that Lionel Racing, they are the official diecast of NASCAR. Right now, our friends at Lionel are busy working on the 2023 diecast replicas of our favorite Cup Xfinity and Truck Series drivers, along with some of Lionel's most popular diecasts, Raced Wins. To create a Raced Wins diecast, Lionel artists hand draw all the damage, all the scuffs, all those seen on the winning car in Victory Lane on Lionel's diecast template. They even add all the little pieces of confetti. These Raced Wins diecasts capture a moment in time like no other collectible can. They're the next best thing to owning the actual race winning car. Order a Raced Wins diecast now at LionelRacing.com and get free domestic shipping. If you use promo code DOWNLOAD23, that's promo code DOWNLOAD23 at LionelRacing.com. Hey everyone, Dirty Mo Media President Mike Davis here, excited to tell you about one of our newest sponsors at Dirty Mo, Airbnb. 
The irony here is that Airbnb is new to Dirty Mo Media, but Dirty Mo Media is not new to Airbnb. It has been accommodating us for years. And if you are a race fan, and I think you are, you know why. I mean, you've booked hotels at, uh, during a race weekend. They're, the prices are insane. You're stuck with these unreasonable multi-night minimums. Whereas Airbnb, you got many choices, all within proximity, and it ends up being way more affordable. Now, I'm not only a frequent Airbnb guest, but my wife and I are also Airbnb hosts. And you should be too. We've been doing it for years. I'll tell you why. We have an investment property that we realized it could be earning additional income through Airbnb. You don't have to have an investment property to do that. You could just find extra space in your home. That works too. It all could be making you some extra cash. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Well, man, so um, everybody says, and I say it myself, winning a Daytona 500 changes your life. Yes. Um, you know, what's been the motion or how has it you know, affected you? Clint Boyer said that every time you go into a restaurant, you'll go into that restaurant as a Daytona 500 champion. Yeah. <laughs> he said that on that's air. True. And I was like, man, that's hilarious. That is true. Uh, I was at the airport this morning. You know, somebody looks over and is like, Hey, congrats. And yeah. then like a couple of people were looking around. He's like, he won the Daytona 500. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that's uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, it's, it's actually really cool. But, you know, I think for me, it was, I cherished probably most out of it, just being able to like go and promote the sport, you know, cause I felt like I did that a lot, you know, back when I first started and, you know, and winning Xfinity series championships and, you know, staying in the Xfinity series for another year afterwards, you know, and, and doing it again, like you promoted the sport a lot and probably took it for granted. And then, you know, now it's like you go a while without winning and it's like, you don't get asked to do a whole lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's some stuff you probably still don't want to do, but there's a lot of stuff that you're like, man, I'd like to be out there, you know, promote myself, the race team and, and our partners. Right. So, I really enjoyed going to Chicago and New York and mm. um, and doing all that. Yeah. Did you go uh, get a look at the street course? I didn't. They uh, didn't take you by there? Wow, well, dude. They, I was slammed. Yeah. I was slammed. I figured that that would be a place they would take you to, though. Like to promote NASCAR it. Would to, like, like, look at NASCAR it. NASCAR would be like, we, we're going to go there and have a moment. Or I mean, we were thing. close, yeah. but like we didn't like. That's surprising. We should have just ran the street. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, traveling all around and that was the exact same way I felt about it when I won it in 14. Um, you know, to be, to be quite honest, when I won it in 04, I was dreading that week yeah. after because I was a son of a gun back yeah. then. I wasn't, I wasn't my best self. And, you know, in 14, I had, you know, I had a new appreciation for how hard it was to win in yeah. the cup series. And, when we won that race, I was looking forward oddly to going on that yes. week long, you know, you know, media. Deal. Yeah, like I don't even think they had New York like planned, mm -hmm. and I was like, you know, we had Chicago planned, came back, and we had some stuff to do at the shop on Wednesday. But like when we were in Chicago, I was like, hey, are we going to New York? And they're like, well, we didn't really plan it. We didn't want to run you all over the place. And I'm like, I'll go. <laughs> yeah. I'll go. Heck yeah. So they Let's found some things to do. And dude, they lined it up. No kidding. Yeah, they did a great job. They're not but used to drivers willingly 
going for a uh, car wash media tour in yeah. New York City. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I think you're actually unique in that. I think it's not no, really I, as bad as you no, think. Really, I, you say it is. You, yeah. No, I Wait. think he is in line with most, most drivers' most? opinions. Right? Yes. No doubt. Is it because you're nervous, or is it because you just it's they, it's an exhausting day? Be, You'd rather just hang out with your team or like be home. Okay, you yeah. just didn't like it. No, not that you didn't like it. You just would rather be. You didn't want to travel. Yeah, I got it. You're gonna travel for the race. You like being at home. Yeah. I don't want to travel. Did you I do- remember when Trevor won in 11. Dude, he went from New York, like Chicago. Like, he worked his way all the way across the, you know, I didn't go to L.A., but, yeah. like, he worked himself all the way to L.A. and then back to Phoenix. Yeah, but the flip side of that is you guys should feel complimented that these shows will take you because they don't always do that depending exactly. on who the winner is. Like, listen, when you the fact that they could go book you, uh, it's just it's something we probably take for granted, but it's not a guarantee. That means that you you know people wanted to talk to you. Yeah. Well, I feel like our you know I feel like our sport we we haven't been on a lot of. I mean, they're when I mean in y'all's heyday, y'all were on every show yeah. all the time, mm-hmm. and I feel like our sport's not. Yeah, our sport hardly has. I mean, you know, our sport I think needs more. Week to weekly content just around yeah. our just around our sport, right? Yeah. You know, like more like more robust race hub style, you yeah, know, shows and stuff like that. But, That's really the only one we got, yeah, left. So I got read, reading some of the notes from your um, from your your past and your history, man. The story about so your dad raced, yeah, all right. And is it true that you tested his car, outran him, and he retired? On the spot, how did that go? I don't know about outran him because so I was fifteen and I was working at the time. He had he had an engine shop, so he built race car engines, mm-hmm. uh, sprint car engines for a living. At the time, we would go to a dirt track on Friday, Saturday night around home, and he would have twenty five customers at the track, and so he was always trying to work Busy. on yeah. other people's. Everybody's like, hey, can you come check the timing on my car? And, you know, he's trying to race at the same time. So he got to where he was not enjoying it that yeah. much. Uh, but I was taking care of his cars. And so I'd work on them during the week. He would do the engine maintenance. And then, you know, uh, we had another guy that, that worked with us. And uh, then we'd go racing on the weekend. And uh, so a new track opened up in Mississippi. It was a big three-eighths mile uh, dirt track, high-banked. And most of the tracks around home were always quarter miles. And we were on the way down. I was driving the truck and trailer. And on the way down, he's like, you ready? I was like, oh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. And so, like, I had gear to, you know, get in the car and, and run it. And uh, so he tested half of the day. And then about halfway through, I got in, and I made 10, 15 laps. And... He has not been back in one since. Really? Mm. I, I raced the next weekend. That was mm. it. So is this a wing yeah. sprint car? Wing 360. I went from you know, a five-horsepower go-kart to the 360, yeah. and then that was it. So help me understand how hard it is to climb in a winged sprint car and drive it for the first time. I'm, I'm prefacing, you probably saw this, where Jimmy climbed in Bowman's car yeah. somewhere local. How hard is it? to get up how hard is it to figure it out i don't think it's like i wouldn't say super hard to figure out you just it's different especially coming from the asphalt side i feel like because you basically run the sprint cars with the pedals more so 
Um, like you can get a sprint car to do what you want with, you know, working the throttle and brake versus it's, it's hard when your sprint car doesn't turn, it's hard to turn the steering wheel to get it to turn. Yeah. Cause there's no weight on the front end anyway. But, um, so you use the brake and throttle a lot, but like going out there and just making laps, I think you'd, you should do it. Yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. I, um, I drove dirt briefly and man, I was. I, I did find it extremely challenging because everything your mind tells you to do, you do with the steering wheel, and none of that does, none of that makes anything happen. And so, if you don't set the car into the corner and it starts pushing, there's no recovery. Yeah, you know, from, most of the time it's you, you're stabbing the brake or you're just, you know, in a sprint car, yeah. you're hammering the throttle right. most of the time, which is exactly you drive it harder. Yeah, which right? is exactly the opposite <clears throat> of what you think you need to do if you're just an asphalt guy. Yeah, right. If it starts pushing, you turn the wheel more and you slow down. And that does not fix the problem. <laughs> no. And so that's what I felt like I had to learn a lot yeah. when I came over to stock cars. Is, God, you know, I'm like, it's not turning. You know, sprint cars, you could just drive it. Like, if you have a tight race car and sprint car, you can just drive it harder and harder and harder and <laughs> yeah, get more out of it. Interesting. Um, so you drove for Carl Edwards. I yes. didn't know Carl on the team. He uh, – he didn't really own it himself, yeah. but his uh, partners he, folks. yeah, he lent his name out and um, they ran Ford engines and um, and I, he raced for him as well. And how oh, he did? Yeah, he ran their asphalt races for him uh, okay. and some Silver Crown races. Damn, that's cool. And yeah. so, how did you meet? Is he he was instrumental a little bit in getting you all the way to the Roush Pipeline, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of crazy. Um, so there was a team. <clears throat> that was based in Memphis uh, mm-hmm. called uh, RE Technologies. A guy named uh, Roger Johnson owned it. He he's helped a lot of you know sprint car drivers and race car drivers around home, you know, get racing. And so he's um, he had this this team, and I'm not sure how Carl got involved with it, uh, but anyway, they ended up running Ford engines, and Carl put his name on it. And I worked there during the week, and in turn, I got to run their dirt car. Yeah. And so, and I ran, a, I think, one asphalt race for them at Lakeland uh, in a Silver Crown car, but, which was an awesome racetrack. Yeah. And um, so, 2007 came around. I was, I had been racing for uh, my dad. Uh, another guy of uh, that's been really in, instrumental in our career is uh, Jeff Buckner, him, and a guy named Shorty Chambliss that, uh, we're all racers around the Mid-South area, kind of driving sprint cars for, for all of them. And then uh, I started working there so that I could run the Silver Crown car and just, you know, get some more experience doing something different besides, you know, sprint car racing. And so 2007, so I ran for him, I think, in 06. And then 2007, uh, we were going out to the start of the season to Manzanita Speedway out in Phoenix. It was uh, kind of the kickoff to the USAC season. And they had uh, the copper on dirt. Uh, and they ran midgets, sprint cars, and silver crown cars uh, in the same night. And I was just going to race the silver crown car because my dad had told me when I started racing sprint cars, he's like, hey, I'm going to kind of treat this like college. I'll give you about four years of all I got and you know, kind of see what shakes out. And we were getting close to that you know, four years being up and, uh, we were only taking one silver crown car out there in the trailer and they had room for a sprint car. I said, Hey dad, can I take the sprint car with us and, and go race, uh, the USAC non-wing race, um, at the same night. 
And he's like, oh, if you can find somebody to help you out, you know, get you some tires, you know, or you got to buy the tires. And so I kind of went around town to some some of our buddies. Um, one guy owns uh, Brad. He owns an automotive shop in town. He bought me tires. And, you know, so I kind of like drummed up some money for, for everything and took the sprint car out there. And we ended up winning the sprint car race and the Silver Crown race. Hmm. Uh, Casey Kane had his cars out there. Tony had his USAC cars out there. But after that win... I had just signed with uh, Motorsports Management at the time, and they had been on me all year of 06 because we had a really good sprint car season in 06, uh, running the all, like a lot of all-star races um, and stuff up through Ohio, and ended up signing with them at Chili Bowl uh, in 2007. We went and won those races in February. I flew over, MMI flew me over. We met with Max Jones at, he was at, he was the GM at Roush at the time. Met with him, and I'm like, hey, what do I need to do to, you know, get an opportunity to come over? He's like, well, just, you know, win some races this year, and then we'll figure it out. So I go back and ended up, I was going to drive for <laughs> Jack Yaley. Uh, after we won that race, um, JJ's dad called mm-hmm. and wanted me to run. And so I was like, all right. And I think dad talked to him mostly. I I didn't really do a lot of the dealings. I was, you know. 15 or no I guess I was 18 17 18 young yeah and so dad was kind of dealing with it too young to broker your own deals and back then I didn't talk at all so uh, (laughs) I was super shy and so dad was kind of doing everything so it was March and I was up in Indiana I was driving for a guy because Jack was coming from Arizona bringing a sprint car and he wasn't going to get there till April. So I was racing for a guy in March until he got there in April. So I'm headed down to pick up an engine, uh, for Jack, you know, he's going to meet me, um, you know, back in a couple days, I was driving down to pick up an engine and get a call from a management company and said, Hey, Tracy Hans, you know, broke his leg riding dirt bikes. And uh, we're going to have you run the rest of the season for him in Tony's USAC car. Mm. Sweet. You know, this is great. So I never ran for Jack. Uh-huh. <laughs> Went straight to running for Tony. Our first race was, and I had never, I'd ran one, I think one pavement race. And our first race was Iowa Speedway in a mm. sprint car in a midget. Damn. <laughs> it was so fast. I had no clue what I was doing. Luckily, there was a midget race uh, the next weekend on dirt, and we won that one. And uh, then we had a good year, but they were sponsored by Chevrolet. Mm -hmm. And so, like, before I took the job to run, I was like, hey, we got to tell Roush that, you know, I'm going to run the Chevrolet car the rest of this year. And they were like, hey, go figure out, you know, you get some asphalt experience. That'll be good. And then, you know, we'll get you back uh, at the end of it. And so we had a really good year. And then at the end of the year, I was, had to tell the Chevrolet people, I'm like, hey, you know, I got opportunity now to go, you know, race in the Arca Series because at that time, um, you know, Carl had talked to him. Tony had talked to him. We had a really good season, uh, won a decent amount of races and ended up October of 07, signed with Roush Fenway to run Arca. So 08, I was racing Arca at Daytona. Is there anybody from Chevrolet or Tony Stewart that was trying to maybe find you the same opportunity Uh on the Chevrolet camp. Do you know uh, Ray Smith? Yeah, uh, he was. I I don't know how old he is now. He was he was 
fairly old then, but he kind of ran a lot of that Chevrolet racing program back in the day. And he was trying to get me to call Mike Dillon and I never did. I'm like, man, he's got kids, you know, kids my age. I'm, I'm not going to call him. Like, I don't want to get in that program. And you know, he's got two grandkids or, you know, Richard's got two grandkids. And and I was like, they're going to be full. So I never called. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so going back to, you know, sprint cars and your experience uh, in Silver Crown and all that, now you're a car owner yourself. What does yes. that entail? Uh, so we have we have it set up really well now. Um, I've always, So when I raced for Tony and his sprint car team, I'd bug Tony for every time I saw him to race a sprint car. So finally it worked out. And I thought, you know, once I started racing stock cars and I was like, man, once once I get to cup, I'm going to have a sprint car team and give back to somebody just like me. Like I always wanted to run for Tony and his sprint car team. Right. So I was like, if we can have another team out there and heck there was four of us that had teams, you know, with Kyle, Tony, Casey and myself. And so I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to have a team. And so I started a team um, with Matt Wood. Brian Clawson was going to drive it actually the year after uh, that he uh, – so 2017 was going to be the first season and got uh, killed in 16. But we had already kind of set it up like, hey, this is what we were going to do. And then when that happened in August, um, we were like, dang, now what? We went ahead and did the team. And uh, so, yeah, it's still going. And um, Sheldon Hodenshield's, uh, you know, who drives it, uh, NOS Energy Drinks is – is our main title sponsor of, and they've been with me since 2012 and they've stepped up in the dirt racing program. They sponsor quite a few different drivers and teams, and then they sponsor the series as well. So they've really kind of taken a hold of dirt track racing and it's been, uh, it's been really cool. But, you know, for me, I talk to our crew chief and, and, and driver quite often. Uh, it's more of my job to get, you know, partners in and, mm. uh, and then, you know, Racing sprint cars my whole life. I like to, you know, chime in when I can on on things, and and I'll race for them probably know, a few drive. times this year. Yeah, you still yeah. race. How yeah. hard is it to get in that car and and go and be competitive? Running only minimal time. Running minimal, it's tough. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we had Casey in here one time, and he's like, "Man, I'd need, I need to race like, like weeks straight to sort of feel like I can get up to where I." Yeah. I'm. So when I first started racing at Roush, out up until my cup season, I still ran 30 sprint car races a year throughout my nationwide series mm-hmm. days and loved it. Well, yeah. then when I went to cup, Jack was like, Hey, can you take a few years off and like, you know, concentrate on, you know, cup racing? I was like, yeah, sure. So I did that. But then every time I wanted to go back, it was like, somebody got hurt, you know, this happened. And then it just, so then I kind of quit asking. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, now I, dad has a, we have a car that dad takes care of and, I was like, I'll call him. Hey, Dad, let's go race, and he'll load it up, and we'll go race. That's it. Yeah, it's so fun. How many? It's cars, really fun. How yeah. many cars does an average team have? You know, to we to, have uh, our sprint car team has five. Okay, five cars. They have three in the trailer. Where is it? It's in Indiana, Brownsburg. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they can get home. I mean, that's kind of super central for them. And then we have a couple backup at the at the shop, and then my dad. We just have one. And how many employees do you typically have? Oh, uh, we got uh, the crew chief. Uh, Two crew guys and the driver, so four. Yeah. It, it runs pretty minimal. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like this. 
Well, no, no. I'm actually, I'm actually thinking about Casey Kane's shop up the road, right? Like, because I've been. It in doesn't there. look like that. It does not look no, like. It that. does not look. Like okay. That. No, he he he, he, he sort of got the Taj Mahal. Of, him and Tony's are nice, but Tony yeah. kicked his sprint car team out and put his drag race team in there. I think, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I think they just moved over to the smaller side of the shop. But uh, no, both their shops are, are magnificent. It, it's like you know, your rule was the toilet seat. Your rule was the shoes in the house. His was put the drag race in drag uh, race stuff right in, when he yeah. got married. Yeah, uh, so. <laughs> No, we rent a shop from uh, Larry Dixon. Uh, it just like a, a big bay. Yeah. Uh, the truck and trailer fits inside, and you know we're a single car team, so it's not like we need a ton of space. And they're on the road so much, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So what other um, what other style of racing would you want to do that you've not done? So I, when I was younger, I wanted I thought I wanted to be like a supercross racer. Mm-hmm. Like um, you never race trucks. Never. And so, like, is there any part of you that's like, man, I'd run, I'd love to run the Snowball Derby once, or... The Snowball Derby looks fun. Yeah, I mean... I've never, I I mean, I've ran technically one late model race, uh, and it was Denny's charity thing at Richmond, and I felt like, not great. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like Richmond was just way too big for It's a weird track for those cars, Yeah. yeah. And I don't even know what it was. Like, I don't know if it was limited. Oh, I, I got no clue. <laughs> right, yeah. It's late mile stop. I just jumped yeah. in and I just ran it. <laughs> um, but no, I would, I would, I mean, there's a lot of short tracks around here that look super fun. So like when I was, um, you know, testing the Arca car, mm-hmm. we tested like Caraway and all these tracks. I was like, we went to Greenville Pickens and I was like, dude, these tracks are fun. Yeah. You know, I mean, they were really cool, old asphalt. Uh, which I've always enjoyed, and uh, yeah. So you, know, you, so is it? Would it be fair to say that like you never got to go experience those tracks because you went out of you came out of Silver Crown dirt cars and all that right into an Xfinity car? So you kind of like leaped over this sort of you know asphalt. Yeah. Short so track. Arca racing, I ran. Yeah, you did run some short Berlin. Track. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cayuga yep. up in Canada. Cayuga, yeah. That was a cool track. Yep. But I'm um, Toledo. Yeah. Really, other than that, I think that was about it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because we were running a lot of you know mile and a half racetracks at that time. Yeah. Salem, Salem was pretty cool, yeah. but uh, we tested a decent amount at, at some of the short tracks around here. And yeah, so at, like short track asphalt racing, I didn't really get to do. Yeah, selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. So, um, Mike Kelly, it's a big part of your career early on, right? Yeah. And now y'all are back together. Mm-hmm. So... How did that happen? Because that's that to me is kind of a unique story, considering how long ago it was when y'all yeah. were actually working together. And, and a lot of guys don't. A, a lot of guys that were around when he was doing that didn't. They they aren't here anymore. They're not. Yeah. Right. Especially with the next gen car. So I mean, how does that happen? Yeah. So Mike, I think, just does a really good job in general, um, knowing his strengths right Mm -hmm. knowing knowing for me like with the next gen car we have great engineers that give him a lot of information but he also gives them a lot of trust to you know to do their job but he is really good at assembling you know a race team and we didn't really do any reassembling of our race team but i feel like he can get the most out of you know, the team, like he is, where was he last year? So we were together in 2010, 11, 12. I begged for him to go cup racing with me. And they at Roush, they were like, ah, I don't know. They wanted him to stay in the Xfinity series. Mm -hmm. So he stayed with Trevor in 13. They let him come be my crew chief in 14, which was the worst timing he could have had, you know, for, I feel like that was probably the one of the lower points of our cup cars at the time. And it, it none of us ran that well. And so, uh, yeah, we ended up, he ended up going back to the Xfinity Series. And then I ended up getting another crew chief um, after that. So it wasn't my doing yeah. uh so that's that's how our friendship has has stayed Still stayed, stayed, together, stayed yeah. strong and right. he's always believed in me and uh and then obviously our success was was awesome that we had together so then he went to front row and he was doing some crew chief in there and then when i um ended up at jtg uh he actually has came over as well so he's been there mm-hmm. um kind of in a kind of looking over the the this car like on the build process so like we were racing and he was kind of paying attention to ordering parts and like just kind of getting everything put together so that's what he did um you know that actually makes great sense yeah so it was it was great for his knowledge of you know getting everything put together and then he already knew the system he knew everybody there and uh so it just kind of made sense to to put it all back together and like i said he the way he runs a team i feel like is um you know every crew chief has has their way of doing it right yep. and but he feels like he still has a lot left to prove right you know so 
he is of the old kind of old guard, I guess you could say, of those crew chiefs and car chiefs that, you know, grew up in the sport. And, you know, he's won races and championships as, you know, in the Xfinity Series as crew chiefs. He's won cup championships as a car chief. And now he's like, you know, I want to win races as a, as a cup crew chief. The next-gen car is kind of supposed to level the playing field for all these teams in the sport. What's it been like for you guys <laughs> as a single-car team? I think at the beginning of last year, uh, I kind of was like, man, being a single-car team is not bad. We had no parts issues. Uh, we were able to, you know, because we weren't, you know, it's like the two- and four-car teams had issues, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, it was like we focused on, you know, one team. And I felt like that offseason, beginning of <clears throat> last year, I was like, all right, we're 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 in a good spot. As we started running, it seemed like, every other team was figuring things out so much faster than we were. Mm-hmm. You know, we we go to Phoenix, <clears throat> we had a test or like a 50-minute practice session and, you know, because it was like our first short track and we ran a setup, we weren't very good. We tried to come up with something else for the race. We left there and we were still scratching our head like, now what do we do? And I felt like we just kept doing that all year long and never really got, a good grasp on it. Yeah. So I felt like they learned at a lot faster rate than we did. Is that so with the change in crew chiefs, it's a very small sample size at the beginning of this year. Are you one of the things that, um, one of the things that I loved about changing crew chiefs was the idea that my car might do something it's, it didn't do. My car might change the way it rolls the center. <clears throat> now that was prevalent in the old style cars with the next year, yeah. probably not so much. Yeah. But, is there anything about the car that feels a little different, feels a little better? Is there promise? Well, we've had a lot change this offseason. So, obviously, Mike's kind of leading the ship and, and running running the team. But we also got um, you know more help from the Hendrick side and from the Chevy side that you know we didn't have last year. Mm-hmm. And I actually went to our engineer, Tristan. I was like, hey, sorry I expected so much out of you last year. Because, like, I'm looking at the stuff that the tools and things that he has now. I was like, I didn't know we were racing against all of that. You Mm. know, like, he was like a kid on Christmas, just, like, loving all the new tools that he had at his disposal. Now that the other teams were working well with these. Now that we have more of a... I would say proper alliance, uh, you know, with Hendrick and um, and with Chevrolet. So, you know, I, I don't think JTG's ever had uh, a massive alliance with with anyone. I know they've you know bought cars from people. They built their own cars when I got there, and then you know bought engines or leased engines from Hendrick. And I know at one point they did an RCR deal, and I think before that it was an MWR deal. So um, we feel like we got something pretty stable right now, and. Seems like it's uh, it's working for us. That being said, yes, my car has has been better mm-hmm. uh, at Phoenix. Um, you know where we really struggled last year. We now it took a while to get there. The third stage was good. Um, <laughs> we struggled at the beginning um, of of the race, but the third stage, I felt like man, we had a you know top eight car you know lap time wise we just got trapped lap down and and was in the back but you know practice session on on friday we were seventh quick and i mean we were 33rd quick there in november i mean just scratching our heads trying to figure out 
didn't drive good and had no speed. So um, I would say, yeah, it's doing definitely things different. Yeah. What's the um, – I think that there's some things that we have in common um, in terms of going through some struggles, right? And I always wondered, you're, you got a great attitude. you always been easy to talk to. Every time I've ever seen you in the garage, bus lot or whatever, you smile, you say, hey – um, you don't, you, there's not a person in the garage that is, you wouldn't, it wouldn't say you're a friend or a friendly guy. Right. And so having gone through some very hard years, right. With in a, in a, in racing for Roush and how that team sort of regressed must've been, um, must've been impossible to go through because, you know, the Roush had a reputation of being a winning team. Yeah. And now, you know, here's your great opportunity. And <clears throat> um, and it, and the team is not where you were hoped it would be, right? You had this dream of what things were going to be like when you got to the cup level. You've had struggles uh, at many points in your career, but you remain uh, dedicated, focused. Yeah. All your, you know, all the efforts to keep yourself in shape, <clears throat> all that stuff – is why you won the Daytona 500, right? If you don't keep this attitude and if you don't stay focused, you don't stay dedicated to your craft, yep. you're not in a position to win races like that when that happens. But I want to know where you find that determination and that strength, where you find that, you know, ability to stay <clears throat> on task. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's easy to sit back and say, yeah, we just, you know, the team's not where we needed to be. Like when I was at Roush, like, I mean, that's a, that's a, Probably a pretty long story, but um, well, I'm here for it because I'm curious about that. But go yeah, ahead. Yeah, um, but I, as far as like you know, sticking to it, it's you know the old saying, you know, a chip in a chair, right? Like if you if you've if you've got a an opportunity, and if you're if you keep yourself in the game, uh, you know there'll be opportunities that you can capitalize on. And so, you know. Later at Roush, like there was there was racetracks that I knew we had opportunities at, and I would have to make sure that I focused on those and and really put a lot of effort in. Yeah, I wanted to get everything else better, but you know, realistically, like these are our tracks. Yeah. And so when I came to JTG, it was similar. They really struggled on the short tracks, you know, before I was there, and. You know, I would say we we got them better, but uh, we knew that the Daytonas were going to Talladegas. Um, you know, some of the mile and a half racetracks that <clears throat> that I seem to get around really well were always going to be decent. And so, yeah, I just uh, you know, I think for me it was you know racing go karts growing up. You know, we didn't ever have the best equipment. I mean, we we worked with what we had and you know my dad has always done that his whole life and so I try not to think about like yeah it's easy to say oh it'd Mm -hmm. be nice to be in one of the Hendrick cars right like they have opportunity to win every week but you know I don't think that really gets you anywhere um you know I'm super thankful for where I'm at I love this race team and ever since I came here in 2020 I've felt like you know dang, I've kind of found my place here. Like this mm-hmm. is, this, this feels like it. Now let's take this to the next level. You know, yeah. like I still want my cup career to go further than what it has been. And I know the team wants it as well. And so we all kind of 
held hands and said, you know, let's, let's focus on doing this. And so, you know, we picked up Tab Boyd as a spotter uh, last year, which, you know, I was surprised he was on the market. You know, I mean, he's one of the best. And so, you know, I felt like where I was at Roush with Mike Herman Jr. as a spotter, he was, he's one of the best, right? I mean, there's, there's a group of them that are really good and Mike's really good at speedways. And I felt like Tab Boyd was really good on speedways. And so, um, you know, I knew that getting him, it kind of put those speedways back up in the, you know, hey, let's go get one of these. Yeah. I just think it's interesting that, if, you know, if you just picked a year like 2014 or, or any year, there's no Ricky Stenhouse Jr. radio, uh, YouTube radio clips of him just unraveling in the car. And you see, know, my team, every team, like when I was at Roush and then even at JTG, sometimes they get, I've been talked to a few times about, hey, I need to be a little more positive on the radio, which I can get, I can get. But upset. you're never on, never, never on. Uh, but I'm like, hey, I might get upset, but every kid out there can listen to my radio. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, I, for the most part, I keep it together. You're cognizant you of that. Yeah. You're aware yeah. of it. What, yeah. what happened at Roush? So I watched Biffle's episode on here, and you know he he's got way more knowledge of you know he was there way before I was. Mm-hmm. I feel like I came in in '08. It was massive. I couldn't believe how big the team was. You know, we had I think six nationwide cars. Oh yeah, you had like seventy five drivers. Arca car, <laughs> three trucks, five cup at the time. I was like, holy cow, this is unreal. Right, you know, it's and a fleet. then. Obviously, it, it ended up, you know, kind of dwindling a little bit. And, and some of that was manufacturer money, cutting the trucks out and, you know, just focused on, on, you know, the Nationwide Series. And But then when we switched to that new car uh, in the Nationwide Series, I felt like as when my career took off, you know, because we ran four races, I think, that year in 2010. I struggled at the beginning of 2010, went to work in the shop. Jack put me in the shop. I was there for three months, get there at 6.30, leave at 5.30, hour for lunch, hour to work out. And, you know, so that was tough. But we turned our season around that year and came on strong at the end. But those four races that we ran with the new car were like, gave me and Mike confidence. Like, hey, we, when we went to the banquet in 2010 as rookie of the year, we were like, man, we're going to sit on that stage next year. Like, this is not fun sitting down here in the crowd mm-hmm. uh, for a for a banquet. And so, but we had confidence because every race that we ran, we were super fast with those, with those cars. And so we won an 11 and 12, and everything was going great. Our cup cars were fast. Uh, I think Carl tied uh, for that championship in 12. Oh, right. uh, yeah. Was that 12? I don't remember I the remember. year. Yeah, I don't remember the year, but I remember. But I think it was I remember 12. the race. Yeah. yeah, I think it was twelve. He tied. Cup cars were great. Matt left, and I like. We hadn't for sure said that if if I was going to go cup racing or not. Like I, I might have ran a third year uh, or fourth year of uh, the Nationwide Series, but when he left, it was like, all right, hey, we're going to put you in. So, and I found out probably. The day that they found out he was leaving, <laughs> I think I found out I was going to race it. So, yeah. you know, then I did that. <clears throat> and 13 wasn't terrible, uh, I didn't feel like. But, um, 
In the Cup Series. In the Cup Series. Like, yeah. we won a pole at Atlanta. Felt like we could have won a few races. Led 60 or so laps at Kansas. And, you know, so like... You had moments. Had moments. Yeah. And then, uh, let's see, Carl left. When did he leave? After 14? I don't remember. God, was it that long ago? Or 13. It, it, 13 man, or 14. Because that was abrupt. That was just all of a sudden, to, yes. at least for us, like for people so, that not on the inside. Like all of a sudden, I think what, it was. I think it was. Uh, I think it was f- after fourteen. He wow, left. that's yeah. long ago. But I was flying with him. Uh, we were flying to Richmond or from Richmond. We flew to his house in Missouri, and then we flew to uh, Utah. So we had a lot of time to chat. And he's like, "Hey, I know you're probably locked in at this time. I was locked in. My contract was through 2019." And um, and that I signed in 07. It's one of those Roush notoriously long yeah, contracts. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it paid off well. For, I mean, sure. I, I didn't have anything else to do, so um, <laughs> it worked out great. But he's like, man, this place is going down. He goes, I should have left last year Matt, or in 13. Matt beat me to it. And I guess he had an opportunity to maybe leave, uh, but he ended up turning it down, and then Matt ended up taking it. Uh, and then I think he saw the success Matt had when he went, went over to mm-hmm. Gibbs and uh and he's like this place isn't where it once was and I think it's pretty far from getting back to where it needs to be and I was like well Carl I'm here <laughs> and you know and then he left and then so it was me and Greg and uh and Trevor so um yeah he he rolled out and you know we we kept grinding away and I think the the best part for on the Roush side for me was when um Jimmy Finning kind of took over our speedway program because at that point I felt like that's when I became a better speedway racer because I had a car that was actually fast and could be on the offense versus, you know, the defense or, you know, just trying to get a good finish. I was like, man, I can go win with these things. And we obviously, you know, won in 17 both those races. But I felt like it was because, you know, Jimmy had taken over those speedway cars and, like, put a lot of focus in on, like, hey, we – if we're going to win, we got to win one of these, you yeah. know, and, and we kind of knew that. Um, but also I feel like we had, there was a lot of expectations there that weren't realistic. You signed a new contract mm-hmm. in 19 to extend. So, yeah. And I don't really remember whole, how that timeline worked. So we won in 17 and then we did this and maybe it was 19. We did this big sponsor like contract, like, Hey, the sponsors are, you know, Fifth, third, fast and all, Sunny D, through right. through twenty twenty three. Yep, uh, are gonna link it up because technically they had options on my contract. When I when I get went to Cup early, like in my contract, they added a couple of years and they kind of shifted uh, some pay around, and so they had options through twenty three. And when we did the big you know announcement, they were like, "Hey, you're gonna be you're gonna be here through twenty three. But, you know, that's, that was my understanding of it, you know, because it was on their side to pick up. So 2019 is going along and <clears throat> up and down. And then uh, I get a call Monday night. I get a text said, hey, can you uh, – comp, comp meetings are on Tuesdays. And it's like, hey, can you uh, come here tomorrow morning a little bit early before the comp meeting? I'm like, sure. Not a big deal. And then I had just signed with KHI, so Josh Jones texts me. He goes, what meeting are you going to? I was like, D- 
dude, I don't know. Like, and if you don't know, Josh, I was then... like, <clears throat> they just asked me about it. And I was like, yeah, I'll be there. I was like, you know, they randomly would tell me stuff like that all the time. We'd just show up, okay. do a little meeting, you know, roll with it. And <clears throat> he's like, well, all right, let me call him. So he calls him. He's like, hey, do I, do I need to come? And they're like, oh, it's not that big of a deal, just some contract stuff. I'm like, so Josh ends up coming. Of course. And then <laughs> we're sitting there, and it was, I don't think Jack was in that meeting. So it was like Steve Newmark. Yeah, Jack wasn't in there. It was Steve Newmark, Kevin Kidd, Tommy Wheeler. And Josh was on that side of the table, and I was on this side of the table. And so when they were running through, you know, obviously, hey, we're going to let you go. Or do, I'm like, there was a lot of emotions going on in my head, but I was like, what is going on? You like, had no idea that that was no, going to like, happen. Not one, not one slight idea. Because I, again, thought I was through 23. <laughs> And, and this is in 2019. Yes. Right after you had just signed this new well, deal. Uh, they, Maybe later in the year. They signed the sponsor deal. They acted like they picked up my options on my contract. Because my contract was already technically done. It was just options on their side. Got it. And so we never formally did anything. But they were like, hey, we, we're going to link the sponsors through your contract. And that, that was the kind of the way it was promoted, mm -hmm. right? And so didn't really ever see it coming. Yeah. Uh, if Josh wasn't on that side of the table, I'd have probably turned it over. Um, but luckily, he was on that side of the table. So I just... I oh, so when you say there was emotions, you got angry. Yeah. I didn't say a whole lot. And then I just walked out. And then I called Patty. And I'm like, hey. Your crew chief. Um, oh, Brian Patty. Brian Patty. I called yeah. him like, hey... Uh, Man, you're uh, you're going to have somebody drive next year, not me. He goes, huh? He didn't know. Nobody knew. Well, then he ended up not being there, too. So, Oh, his meeting was coming? Yeah. Yeah, his meeting came at some point. <laughs> did he leave with you, or decide, did they let him go as well? Uh, I There was people there that yeah. didn't like him as well. I got you. Yeah. So in, maybe you didn't get it explained to you, but in hindsight, what happened? I mean, like, wh why? I, I'm still not 100% sure. Is that right? Um, did, I know they still had Busher under contract. They had Busher under they contract. Were, like leasing to JTG, yeah. I guess. Um, so I'm sure it was some cost savings. Yeah. Switching that out, you know, pretty quick. And, you know, little bits I hear, like there was a window maybe in his contract of, oh. of the lease. Because when we left there, Josh called uh, JTG. It's like, hey, you're not going to have a driver in there. They didn't. I don't think they knew yet. Josh called JTG because they didn't know. We were looking for me a job ASAP. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, so but Chris, who, who was Busher? Busher was, was in the J. Yeah. That's, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You're not going to have a driver mm. soon, uh, JTG. Yes. That's yeah. right. So and you're going to need one. That, yeah. How convenient, <laughs> honestly. It worked I out. mean, that's worked out great. So. The, it, was, uh, it was just, it was just. It's wild. wacky, man. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Let me. I remember one thing that was uh, really fascinating about that whole thing, and that was um, Kevin Harvick, a competitor of yours, but owner, uh, part owner of KHI, vocally talking in the media, standing up for you. How did yeah. that feel? Super good. Yeah. Uh, obviously, well respected. Now it's you know his his last season mm -hmm. and. He really went to bat for you. He did. And so I felt like Kevin and I have always had a really good relationship as far as, like, you know, he when he had his team in the Nationwide Series, he raced 
a ton. And then he raced for you. And we battled hard on the racetrack. And we would get out and talk about it. I mean, he would run me so hard. But, like, you know, clean. And, and we got out and we'd, you know, BS about it. And mm-hmm. um, so I felt like we always had a, a really good relationship. And, um, you know, ended up, you know, when my um, – when my management thing that I was at was done, I ended up switching over to them. And, um, you know, I've always felt like, you know, the way Kevin's always ran all of his, you know, businesses, his career, uh, the race teams, uh, his management company, I feel like he's always done it, you know, top notch, top level and something I wanted to be a part of. And, mm-hmm. you know, I had not been with him very long and then all of a sudden we're doing this and it was like, sorry guys. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh but it was it was cool. Kevin, you know, he he speaks what he feels like and uh He does. He does. I, I appreciated that. Yeah. I'm curious though, what 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 was your confidence at this point? You got picked up by this team pretty quickly, right? Like so you did yeah. it's not like you went, you know, months uh looking for a ride and wondering if you were ever gonna get back. I mean that that part was removed. But <clears throat> yeah, I had the with, fall with Ralph, Josh, with uh you know, Hank from Sunny D. Like I had some really good people in my corner. Um, that that were able to kind of help move all that along, and then obviously, you know, my partner in, in All Synergy Drink was able to go with me. Like, there was a lot of people that you know kind of helped that transition, yeah. which was nice. So, so you it, are you saying it never allowed you to start to have doubts into your mind about where you are and, as, as a race car driver? <clears throat> um, yes and no. I mean, like I said, Josh was on the phone quick. Yeah, and. Y'all know Josh, mm-hmm. super optimistic. Yeah. You know, like he built act, you up, acting like no problem. We got this. You know, so I felt like he probably helped keep me in a pretty decent Good. place where I wasn't like freaking out. Yeah, and Good. then um, which was very beneficial. And then, yeah, then it was you know, Then I went over to JTG. I'm like, you know, once I, you know, ended up signing, I'm like, they got a lot of stuff here. That like, was my question. It was a totally. That's my next question. So when you walked out of Roush and went to went to JGR, where did you, where did you or uh, went to uh, the forty seventeen JTG? What did you? What was your? Uh, was it relief where you were like, oh, we're they're they got as much as we had. Big relief. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, nice. Because it was yeah. I I showed up and I'm like, you know, because I I didn't I had been with Roush my whole career. Never been and in that shop. I actually had been in that shop oh, one had. time. I did not know it, but um, at the time, I didn't know it. Um, when I ran for the Wood Brothers, they were at in that shop. And then, um, yeah, so when I walked in, I was like, I've been here before. <laughs> uh, but when I walked in there, like, I, I didn't know. I didn't, I mean, I know who Tad was, and I know, obviously, I know who Brad is. and uh, But I didn't know, like, the whole core group. And, and I really didn't know that many other owners either because like I mean I was in the nationwide series again not super talkative and kind of shy and and uh for the longest time and then in the cup stuff like still I just kind of stuck to you know to our team and so I didn't really know a ton about JTG and uh you know so I, when I walked in I was like man they got they got everything you need to race here mm-hmm. you know what I mean like above and beyond what I had expected when I walked in. And so I was, you know, kind of pumped up right off the bat. Like, yeah. you know, hey, let's let's go do this, you know. And um, 
And then Patty came over with me, and then we sat on the pole at the 500 that year. I was like, here we go. That's right. That was cool. Yeah. That was that was really we cool. We got to talk to you about, uh, I don't know if you remember that, but Dale and I were doing a show for at the Chevrolet Experience, and uh, we were going to have the pole setter, whoever it was, and it was you. And yeah. You, yeah, you came over gave us a few minutes. Um, but that, I remember that. That was exciting. <clears throat> that was that was really really special. And um, you know everybody at JTG now with you know Gordon, Tad, Jody, Brad. I mean they are they're all in. You know yeah. they're especially now, right? Like we were we were pumped to go there because we're like, hey, we're going to run one year of the old car, knowing we have this new car coming. Everybody's going to be somewhat the same you know at least have the opportunity and uh, obviously we ended up having to run you know another season of, oh, of right. the old car yeah. which i felt like was kind of a bummer yeah um i mean like our cars were good on especially on the mile and a half stuff i felt like our cars were were comparable um we lacked a little bit on the short tracks on on that side but um i do kind of miss the old cars yeah do you <laughs> yeah they just feel totally different yeah so yeah, explain that. Is it the sidewall, the tire? What is, it has what, to? I guess it, it has to be. I it's mean, mostly it, that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the tire patch is so wide, and at any moment you feel like you're going to lose your your tail. Yeah, yeah, man. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So um, going to Coda this weekend, um, I'll, no stage breaks. Have you thought yeah. much about that? I know y'all have. Y'all probably we talked about it in the the, the competition team meeting. Yeah. Um, what do you think? What do you think we're gonna see? <clears throat> I mean, I think eventually you're gonna see some long green flag runs. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, everybody's so good. I felt like last year, every race we had more cautions than you thought, right? Because we didn't know where we needed to be on tire pressures. We, you know, there was always like some little issues that everybody would kind of gather throughout that weekend. Yeah. Created those cautions. Yeah. Now, like, we know how much air needs to be in the tires. We know, like, they know how to build and prep everything better. And I, I just don't think you're going to see many cautions. Yeah. Um, so that being said, uh, you know, the long green flag runs, um, which I enjoy, let the tires wear out. And then, you know, people run a two stop or three stop, you know, kind of brings that back into it a little bit more. Um, it could look a lot more like your typical IndyCar race or your F1 style in terms of strategy. And yeah, you could better be paying attention from the start if you're a fan. So you're, which again is sometimes good, sometimes bad. I mean, if you get a, 
a safety car, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. then Talk- then then it might be interesting. Cause I don't know. We'll see. Do you like racing at Coda in terms of like? I mean, it's compared- a cool track. Yeah, it's Why? a cool track. The 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 track limits thing is a is a bug for me. That bothers me that there's this potential that somebody's going to crack over the radio and go, yeah, man, you just exceeded the track limits through the S's yeah. back there. And you're like, what? Which one? Where? You know. But you know. You know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Don't you I, wish there was just there's, some grass there? There was times there, yeah. <laughs> like you would, that would be easier. Yeah, like you'd know exactly. But there was, there was times last year that I was definitely close, and I was like, you know, you're going like, you get down to around turn 12, you're like, hopefully nobody says anything. Kind of like when you know you sped on pit road. Yes. You're like leaving pit road, you're like, <laughs> just waiting for them to say, <laughs> yes. hey, they got you. You know, it, that was kind of the same way at Coda. Yeah. You know, you're like, you go through the S's, you're pushing. And when you're behind somebody tight is when it's difficult see. to see. Yeah. Um, you know, so you're like, man, I think I was good, but that's that's probably the only yeah. downfall, I guess, to Coda is, is yeah, you, you know, you're at discretion of track limits, right? Yeah. Do you look forward to going to that racetrack? You know, I, I've never been like a massive, just like, I really like road courses. Yeah. Um, I hated them forever. Something else yeah. So, but I do, like, I enjoy them. And I enjoy, like, I really liked Road America. I like Sonoma, where the tires fall off a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I, like, I enjoy that. But, like, when it's just kind of like Watkins Glen and Coda, just all out speed, you know. There's I, not a ton of fall off at this. <clears throat> yeah. You would, you would think there would be. Yeah. But it, Coda, I imagine, as new as it is, or relatively new, and how much of a. The uh, first time we were there, it had decent. Yeah, track fall off, yeah. but I mean we ended up racing in the rain. But yeah, how much um, does the momentum from the 500 win help you? You know, so I remember when we won the 514, the relief of being locked into the playoffs. Even though you 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 might talk that even down, there's potential that that's not yeah, there, but it's not going to happen. Like you're talking about, the, there's less <clears throat> issues, more the races will be more predictable, and I think the guys, you've seen already seen the yeah. fastest guys are there, right? right. And so I think the, there won't be as many winners this year. But um, now, now that you have, hey man, we don't have to go chase this win. We can we can relax and just go race. Um, how much does that momentum happen happen to carry you through the rest of the year? I think it's going to carry a lot. Um, you know, I think for me, you know, beginning of those races when we're not running as well as I want, it's easier to stay kind of focused on just doing whatever you can do to make your car better right so that you're learning Mm -hmm. and but but you already do have a win which is nice so you're not like just freaking out and overdriving making mistakes and so i feel like for me as the driver i'm like i feel a lot more comfortable in the car of you know we weren't great at phoenix at the beginning so i wasn't i wasn't pushing it and you know gonna make a mistake and you know plow the fence off a of four because I'm tight and I'm, you know, just stayed in the throttle. Right. Yeah. And, and hoping I made it. Yeah. You know, I just like, Hey, I'll take what it gives me and we'll fix it up next pit stop. You know? So I feel like for me, I have a lot, it's a lot less stressful, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like I, and I actually, you know, probably need to learn from it. It's like, even though we don't, if we didn't have that win, I need still need to be like that. Right. And, yeah. and try and get the most out of our car. And, and I feel like we're doing that right now. So. What's, what I imagine you're looking forward to Talladega. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, racing sprint cars at Talladega and the cup race. Yeah. It's You're going to go to this dirt track? Oh, yeah. Friday, Saturday night. There's a big race. There's a big late model race, and they're running sprint cars at the same yeah. time. So, wow. yeah, it's going to be a big weekend in Talladega. I'm have you ever drove a late model? I have not. That's surprising what? to me. I literally <laughs> kind of like just stuck to... <laughs> Larson's trying to get me to run his race, which yeah. I, I don't think I'm going to at Bulls Gap. What's the uh, what's the hesitation? Uh, just, you know, it's just like anything else. You don't want to just go get in a car. Like, you want to make sure the car's capable of winning. Because, yeah. like, back in the day, I, I went and ran some. When I was in Indiana, I ran some sprint cars of people's. And, and even later in my career, I'm like, oh, I'll just go run it. And then you get there, and you're like, man, it's not what I'm used to and it's mm -hmm. not like i like you look at it and you're like this isn't like the nicest stuff here or like comparable yeah. to going and competing for a win yeah. and so i'd like to i'd like to get a few test sessions in um i got some friends uh one of our partners uh the frozen farmer uh ice cream they sponsor a late, dirt late model team uh that races and there's a big race dover weekend um, up near them in Delaware. And so they're, I potentially could race a late model. There, there. you go. So. That's a, I love that, man. I like yeah. seeing, so I love when our, our cup guys do, uh, grassroots stuff, but do new stuff, right? Yeah. It's fascinating. Cause it's like when Larson got in the dirt, you know, the late model, it was like, hell yeah. You know, cause Dude. he's, yeah, it was fun to watch. It Yes, it yeah. was unreal. Yeah. And then Chase, I mean, he, I mean, mm -hmm. he went way out of his comfort zone to run midgets and right. late models. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, is it there an actual reason to run a late model race at maybe North Wilkesboro since there's a race coming up that weekend, yeah, and then style, you know yeah. maybe you're talking about testing, and so there's a yeah. You know, I mean, I feel like some things are aligning right here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think Josh, Josh, and Kevin asked me about that, so yeah. we'll see. Yeah, that would be fun. It's fun. Yeah. And no, there's no the expectations. Trucks the trucks tested there yesterday, and the cup cars tested today. The trucks were had three seconds to fall off. That's great. Isn't that fun? <laughs> Dude, I ran the ARCA race at Rockingham yeah. in 07. Mm -hmm. or, no, I mean 08. That was the coolest race. Yeah. There was like 60-something cars there that year. Damn. Logano won. Yeah. We finished third. Because I don't know when we'll see you again. We need to go ahead and square this up. If Dale and I come fish your pond, do we get to keep whatever we find? Magnet fishing. Oh, uh, ooh. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. Do we need to sign a contract? I don't want none of that Roush crap that you, know, you ended <laughs> yeah. up with. This ain't no Sunny D <laughs> yeah. type thing here. There's yeah. no, we we got to no. just straight up. No, yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to see what's down there. I'm, I'm fine <laughs> with you keeping it. Yeah. Are you fascinated? Actually, I should just call Ernie and say, hey, did you put anything down there? And then what, what, just, what, that'd be the easiest. Right. <laughs> You're pretty good friends with Denny. Yeah. Do you think Denny, uh, do you, do you, <laughs> what are the drivers all talking about with Denny and his podcast? I think his podcast is great. Did, have you listened it's to great. it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that, um, he'll get his penalty reduced? I think he should. Really? Okay. I do. All right. I, from I Ricky mean, Stenhouse Jr.'s mouth. Yeah. I mean, yeah. People, people crash people all the time. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's true. I mean, if you look at Denny, like, even if he doesn't, like, if he gets his fine taken back, he's still on the short end of the stick. Right. Like, he's, like, from last year. Yeah. Just from one year. Right. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel yeah. like he's still behind. 
He's not even. Oh, as far as the whole Ross Diddy yeah. thing. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. keeping score at home, his, <laughs> yes. he, the, the best he got Ross, he also took himself out, which nullifies any advantage you could have got. Yeah. Right? Yeah, normally if you're going to do it, you can't take yourself out. <laughs> right. <laughs> but that was, more, that was more of like, hey, I know I'm finishing back here. You are too. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think you will. Yep. Nice. You know one thing we didn't talk about? What? what? Liver mush. No, we didn't. I think, so I, think it's cause, I think it's because we've talked about it every time we... Every time what, I, what was it? I... I mean, I know you love liver mush. So do I. Is that right? And yeah. I think we're probably the only two people in this you room. You are, probably. <laughs> yeah, my, so my grandma would ship it to us in Mississippi yeah. when she wow. was living here. Yeah. And so when dad comes here, he he stocks up. Every time I'm every time there's liver mush cooking in my house, I take a picture of it to him. And yep. Send it to Ricky. Yeah, yeah, we do it vice versa. It's kind of our way of saying, I'll give hey, you, liver mush isn't nearly as bad as it sounds, Okay, but... Um, but it is a bit of an acquired taste, no, isn't it? No, it's not. I don't think so. No? No. I mean, is bacon an acquired taste? Well, I think it's more like sausage. Am no, I wrong? Well, it's kind of like, it's kind of, uh, it's a uh, breakfast meat. Yeah. And it tastes amazing. <laughs> like, people, <laughs> like, like, people eat salmon at breakfast. Like, surely you can eat liver mush. Well, yeah. I see the salmon uh, uh, laying there for breakfast, and I don't, I don't think I'm putting Dude, that on yeah. my plate. Who eats salmon yeah. for breakfast? I saw it this weekend. Like plenty of people. Future hey, serial killers go, or something? <laughs> I mean, like, what do you... Like, you go to hotels, and there's, I saw it like, this weekend. smoked salmon yeah. sitting... At the all-inclusive. They had it. For the well, buffet. Breakfast yeah. buffet. Him and Dugger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did, <laughs> did Dugger get any salmon? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I would love y'all need a camera for y'all's vacation. No, we don't. You, you got yes, y'all do. Hold on, <laughs> uh, listen. I, look, I know we're just going to make this longer and longer, but uh, you got to hear what Dale, what happened to Dale in a hot tub with Duggar. God, <laughs> this fact, just just tell him the story. Just All right, humorous. so we're sitting there. We told it on yesterday's it's podcast, the, but Ricky is here. It's the third day. We're hanging out. We you know we're winding down, going home in the morning. And we're sitting in this hot tub, and it's a really big hot tub, and we're on one end, and this other group's on the other end. And the other group said, this girl. Random group. Yeah. Okay. This lady says, hey, my son, big fan of yours. I thought, man, that's so nice. Tell him. I said, hey, we had a great quick exchange, right? Seconds later, a guy from that group comes up and sits down and goes, hey, uh, Junior, uh, Jimmy Johnson won a lot more races than you did, didn't he? <laughs> that was what he said right out of the gate. And I went, he is a seven-time champion. <laughs> I didn't know what else to say. Uh, you're correct. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't a game show. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just see it? I what wanted, was Duggar's response? Duggar, That's what I wanted to know. <clears throat> Duggar stood there, and then when the guy got up and walked away, Duggar said, man, you handled that really good. And I said, I didn't know what else to say other than, yes, he's a seven-time champion. <laughs> and, I mean, the guy didn't – Tim, uh, Tim was like, yeah, you didn't give him much of an opportunity to keep going. That was so funny. Shut him down. Shut Just, him down. All right, uh, next. Yeah. <laughs> Duggar's, he's hilarious. We'll get he Duggar to tell that story. He's he's I'm glad he didn't say anything to the guy. That would have. I been. know. His his viewpoint of that is probably a little different. Oh, it, you know, it's hilarious, too. And at least the, the way cut, he tells the story is going to be great. The guy plops his ass in the hot tub, and <laughs> yeah. then all of a sudden he yeah. says, Jimmy Johnson got more wins than you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, were, we were sitting there by the pool watching the truck race. Um, eating cheeseburgers. By the way, was that your first time at an all-inclusive place? <laughs> no. Why? Oh, I don't know. I just, was it, was did it a I look, giveaway? Did I look did, like a rookie? No, I just I just didn't feel like you went. I had been to I had been to one. Uh, <laughs> yes, I had been. I talked to him. I forget when, I, and uh, we were talking about flying commercial. I, oh, I don't remember last time. I yeah, it's been a while. 
Um, so I didn't know if, yes, if you yes. don't fly commercial. I didn't know if you went to all inclusive places. I would. I've flown commercial to all ex- all inclusive places before. I'm into those. They're fine. They're good. Everything's I, yeah, right I there. Like them, yeah. Everything's right there. You don't got to leave. Been on a cruise. I have one oh, time. The long Notor- time ago. Oh yeah, the Junior Cruise. The, oh, the Notor- yeah. yeah, that thing's infamous. Like that was one of the. Uh, I don't Man. know if you call what it the failed experiments or what. Oh six. Okay, that was before my time. Yeah, maybe oh four. Oh yeah, it was oh like oh four. Okay, my first year with you because everybody- I've been wanting to go on a cruise, but Amy doesn't. My wife went on one. She was skeptical about it, and I kind of always wanted to go. And her sister uh, and her husband were going to go on a cruise, and I couldn't go. Well, then her husband ended up not being able to go. He's in the uh, Air Force. So he ended up not being able to go. So Madison went with her, and she's like, this was great. Yeah. She, like, she would go on another one. Yeah. So I, we're going to go on one at some point. That'd be fun. Yeah. So I, I, but did you watch the truck race? Yeah. So then, yeah. So Tim, did you watch Trucker? You didn't. No. So Tim, so Mike, you don't know this. So Tim, we're sitting there by the pool eating cheeseburgers, drinking beers, and Tim videos us watching the truck race and sends it to Michael Waltrip. Michael Waltrip in seconds puts it on the broadcast. God. Yeah. Yeah. Seconds. Seconds. Were you furious? I was like, you know. You wish that had not happened. I I wish that had not happened. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Feel like a little like there was a paparazzi in there in the form of Duggar. Yeah, old Tim. He yeah. apologized. He knew he kind of he didn't expect Michael to throw it up there, but the one Tim Duggar. You, you can't say anything to Michael. Yeah, you you don't can't. know where it's going. <laughs> the one video that I, I'll always remember is the Duggar Dale experience. Was when you guys went and got Manny's petties. Uh, were y'all in Key West? Maybe I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. But God, Tim does that all the time though. Yeah. Does he? Yeah, but they're sitting there giggling, and I'm just thinking, there it goes tickles. the brand. All the work we've the done to built up, the, the brand is gone. It all went through one <laughs> Tim Duggar video. A country singer's ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, brand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it tickles, man. It tickles. It, it does. I bet. I've gotten one. It tickles like hell. I've gotten one. Yeah. And it, it definitely. Tickles. I'll be getting more because of my little girls. But you know, oh, when you're a yeah. girl you're, dad, you're committed. Yeah, when you're a girl dad, you're into that kind of thing. You need kids. Wait, you're a girl dad, Mike. Yeah. I know. Have you not went and gotten one? I've had, like, uh, Dave done he has, it. He no, no, no. I've never gone and got a professional oh. manicure, well, pedicure. You, you should do I that. don't even know which one is the feet. How old are your kids? You're 14 be dis- You're going to be disappointed, 10. yeah. And you still haven't. Yeah. Dang. Really? Is it that unusual that I haven't got one? It's kind of a thing you probably <sighs> should like, do. Yeah. Like, they painted I don't, ha- I don't have kids stuff, yet, but... but this, yeah. He even he he. Your kids were nowhere around when you and Duggar got that. Quit, quit bringing the kids into it. This was a you and Duggar decision. <laughs> he, he said that he is going to do yeah, more of I them because it. of his kids. <laughs> it's now a normal thing. All yeah. right. Yeah. Well, man, appreciate you coming today. I know we we kept you on here a little long, but I, thanks for. I've got nowhere fun, to man. be. I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you giving us some time and um, congratulations on a life changing experience yes. winning Daytona 500, joining the it club. Was. Now, now you know what will be cool, and I've, I'm excited about this, is every time they gather all of the living Daytona 500 winners together, I'll get to say hey to you and see you. I know, yeah, that's we'll, cool. We'll be in the room together. Yeah, when they – Because there'll be things that we'll do for the rest of our lives. That'll, together. That'll be around that Daytona win. Yeah, that'll be that'll cool. That'll be really neat. I think that's special. I'm hoping that, like, when I go back to race, it's just – not as much stress, right? You like already won one, so maybe there's like, is that 
not real or no? I think it um, it feels that way for like five years, and then after another five you're like, years, you're kind of like, man, I'd love to win that race again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'd love to win that one just one more time. But I'm going to tell you, man, when you walk right, when you, wherever that trophy is, you're, it's going to be the one trophy that you always want to yeah. have around, you know? <clears throat> There's a lot of, I don't know. There's a, it put it in perspective. I saw Tony after the race, and he was looking at my ring. He basically was like he would have traded one of his championships for it, right? Yeah. So I'm like, dang, yeah. that's yeah, that's crazy. That says a lot. I like it, man. I mean, that race is a special race, you know, and I, I like it to be held at a certain uh, steam, right? And it definitely feels yeah. that way. I'm glad. I'm glad you feel Still it. feels that way. Yeah. Well, man, go have fun this year. Yes. And we'll see you Thank around. You. We'll see you yeah. at the track. Ricky Stenhouse on the Dale Jr. Download. Man, I'm really excited to have Ally help us bring the guest segment every week. It's one of my favorite parts of the download. We get to talk to so many different people in racing, outside of racing. But everybody that comes in here, I want them to have had a good time. I want them to want to come back. I want them to feel like an ally to Dirty Mo Media. Thank you, Ally, for your continued support of the download and the entire Dirty Mo Media team. Check out Dirty Mo Media. Check out Dirty Mo Media. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.